Welcome to Bros and Birdies, the golf podcast is episode 19 and the brothers are back together, reunited like a good old fashioned boy band after last week's senior brother doing it on his own. This week we're going to look back at the WGC FedEx St. Jude Classic, the Barracuda, the Stableford Competition and the Hero Open on the European Tour up at Fermont St. Andrews. We had some success last week, guys, and we're going to talk about that later. But first, in honour of Eric Van Royen winning at the Barracuda, here's a little song. Some people say you can't really put at times I think they really have a point Some people say you lose it in the head Just forget the crap they've said The thoughts have changed since Sunday We knew a win was on its way And we're so happy and you're so great We want more money and I'll buy a few pints And some new shoes for my gorgeous wife And she always gets what she always wants But I don't care I play more golf, Eric Van Royen. From the land of the box, and he wears no socks, Eric Van Royen. Oh, we won't change him, he'll have shit pants on tomorrow. Now, I think the Barracuda's really great. I've caught one, using mackerel as bait, it's golf. Why am I talking about fish? The whole scene massive, you couldn't miss. Your maiden win on the PGA. You've had the taste, you're still eating it. Keep striking it well and making the putts. Your confidence is high, you're not missing cuts. You'll get the sponsors coming at you with socks and they'll make you want to wear proper pants. As trousers to us and slacks to the Yanks, Eric Van Royan. Oh, don't let Brooks buy you Michelob, Eric Van Royan. You're gonna have to put up the fan shouting mashed potato. And just shout for till your head explodes. Do not annoy your fellow pros. Get some relief like Patrick Reed. Do not play slow, pick up the speed, Eric Van Royan. Eric Van Royan. He's a champion, Eric Van Royen. Boy, Eric! La 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 la, la 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 la, from South Africa. La 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 la, you play great golf for all to see. You didn't finish second like your mate Louis, Eric Van Royen. A champion now, and you won us some pounds, Eric Van Royen. Oh, a win was on the cards, and we had no doubts, Eric Van Royen. Oh, a champion now, and you won us some pounds, Eric Van Royen. You're in the Wyndham, and watch you again tomorrow. Hope you enjoyed that song there, the little celebration, Eric Van Royen winning the Barracuda, and the lyrics may have included a few of the hot topics from last week. But now it's time for the senior brother to bring you the 19th hole news.
It's the 19th hole, it's the 19th hole, it's the 19th hole news. It's the 19th hole news. And in the world of golf this week, we had the American Nelly Korda winning Olympic gold in Japan, beating an army of Japan and Lydia Ko of New Zealand. Well done, Nelly. And Mexican Abraham Ansa wins his first PGA Tour event by scooping the WGC FedEx St. Jude in Memphis after a two-hole playoff defeating Matsuyama and Burns. Well done, Abraham. And then we move on. And the South African 31-year-old Eric Van Royen wins the Barracuda in California for also his first PGA, with a record score in the modified Stableford point scoring at the Barracuda, 50 points. Well done, Eric. Also, we had first win for Grant Forrest, who won in Scotland at the Hero Open. On a score of 24 under par, brilliant performance there from Grant. Moving on to the Corn Ferry, we had 31-year-old Joshua Creel from Wyoming wins the Utah Championship for another maiden victory on a score of 24 under. In other news, Siwoo Kim scores a 13 on the par 3 at the WGC with 5 balls going in the water. We also had the hurried and bullied claims at the WGC involving Bryson and Harris English as it gets heated following dramatic capitulation on the back nine. And we also move ever closer to the FedEx Cup playoffs moving after this week's tournament. That is your 19th hole news. It's the 19th hole, it's the 19th hole, it's the 19th hole news. It's the 19th hole news. Hello, brother. I'm back. Did you miss me? Yes, I missed you, brother. How are you? Oh, you did. I'll tell you what, you did a stellar job, mate. A stellar job on your own. Sorry I couldn't be with you, but, you know, that's life sometimes. But you held the fort and I thought it was fantastic. So well done. Hats off. And you contributed. You did. You contributed with your winning selections and we'll get into that in a minute. But yeah, it was fun doing it. I must admit. I'd, I'd like to apologise straight off, though, for the Rory Sabatini. He's not Czech Republic. He's Slovakian. <laughs> that's that's a big yeah. apology to anybody that's listening. Very sorry. <laughs> that was a mess Mate, up. to be fair, you know, when you change <laughs> your clothes as many times he as he does, <laughs> that's it. You change exactly. your clothes as many times as he does, you don't know what he's going to come out in. But yeah, <sighs> no, it's, that's an easy mistake at the maker. But, and he's not Italian, so it doesn't really matter. Um, <laughs> he could be. Yeah, no, no, fantastic. And I, do you know what? I don't think there's been a lot going on, hasn't it? You know, obviously oh. winners and what have you. We've had a bit of a bit of a conversation with you and Murray um, from Sky Sports on Twitter. We've had some people supporting us, some people different opinions, some people who hate Bryson, no matter what the kid does. Um, and it's. It, Oh, well, it's a sad state of affairs, isn't it? And uh, should we just get into that point straight away? Should we just why don't we? It? It's it's the big topic at the moment. What a tumultuous week, though, in the world of golf. But yeah, let, let's get into that because I'm I'm just fascinated by the whole story coming out of the FedEx last week and everything that went on around it. So yeah, let, let's do it. Let's get straight into it. I know you're passionate and and I'm passionate about it. Well, I'm fuming, um, actually, as you know, as well as being passionate. Yeah. Now, everyone in a world, you know, we just had the Olympics and we've seen people like Adam Peaty, um, Simone Biles, you know, all coming out 
you know, the, the stress and strains of sports, you know, there's so much money and so much focus on these young athletes because they are young athletes. You know, sports people, you know, in different sports, it, it sort of changes. Like you can shoot a gun in the Olympics until you're 84 by the looks of it. But most sports, you're quite young. You're quite vulnerable. And let's not forget that the, the cognitive maturity of a human being doesn't reach full maturity to 25 years of age, right? So these young people, I've got stardom at a young age, a lot of money at a young age, and a lot of yep. attention. Now, we're, we're, we were going down the right route. We were going down the right route of protecting these people's minds. You know, mental health is a, a huge problem, especially what's been happening with COVID of late. Massive. And, you know, and we've got to, we, we all have a duty of care to each other, right? So when I, when I see this constant negative rhetoric, okay, Bryson does to a degree himself because he's a confident man he believes in himself he's a major winner at a very young age and everything was thrown at him saying you're fantastic and then he comes out and says i want to change something right i want to do something for me i want to i don't feel right okay so he does it and what does that bring brings condemnation it brings attacks and i don't think that's the right approach it's it's coming in so many different forms isn't it it's it's coming from the people that are on television allowed to express their view as well as commentate. And yes, you've, you've rightly pointed out we did have an exchange ultimately with, or eventually with the correct you and Murray, but <laughs> it was, you know, that, that alone. And, and it's not just you and it's other people, you know, you've called out Andrew Coulter a lot this year. And so, so there's that form, but there's also the, Within the ranks of the professional golfers, you know, the, the heated exchanges that are going on, the the clamor for the publicity, obviously the invention of the PIP, I don't think is going to help this one little bit. But also the the stuff on the course as well, you know, and and this is what I'm really passionate about this week, and, and I don't like it one little bit is the people that go in to watch these golf courses have got to be respectful of the fact that, you know, that these are professionals, they're playing golf, they're playing golf for big money. It, these people can't be going to these courses just to start to cause trouble and, and stir up a fire. You know, Bry Bryson yeah, is but I'll, the boss I'll, I'll, of that I'll at go, the I'll go, I'll go. Brooks, you know, a, a professional fueled that. You know, when, when a professional comes out and says, I will give anyone a case of Michelob Ultra to go and stand at the golf course and heckle a fellow pro. You and know, he, sh he should be called before the authorities. And, and absolutely. And, no, I absolutely I'm, I agree with that, Craig. But the, the point I do want to get to is the authorities at these golf tournaments have to start taking a stand. They have to start chucking people out of the golf tournaments that are there just to cause trouble. And we've seen that, you know, I read a big piece around this hurried and bullied um, aspect of what happened in Memphis last week. And it's, it's quite shameful to be honest with you. And, and we, we shouldn't stand for it in the game of golf or in any sport to that, to that matter. And, but the authorities have to take a stand. And if they're not prepared to, then they are culpable and they should be held to account as well. And maybe you might start to see some golfers actually boycotting certain events um, purely, you know, purely for what's going on. You know, people are going to these tournaments just to cause trouble for certain golfers. 
and and it can't be right. You saw what happened on the back nine. We were watching it on television. Some of the reports I read is, it, you know, you don't get this this feeling of of animosity and hatred that comes across on the TV that's happening at these courses. But what happened on that back nine certainly impacted both Harris English and Bryson DeChambeau, and they absolutely imploded, you know, and, and there was a load of stuff going around that. And that was such a shame to see because they had the tournament between them. It was effectively match play. And then obviously there was a delay from a ruling and then there was all the heckling going on and Harris Well, it worked out mind. well for us. Oh, well, I'm yeah, not complaining not about right. that. It's still not <laughs> right. No, no, absolutely. But it's it's got to stop. And I just, I'd be interested to see what the golfing authorities do. But I'm also interested to see what some of these, um, you know, these people doing the commentary, you know, the, the, the likes that we've already called out and kind of, you know, are they going to change their approach as well because they're also adding fuel to the fire in my opinion and we are allowed our opinion just as much as they are no well exactly and that you know they're getting paid by um sponsors and subscribers to channels like ourselves um they're getting paid to give an overview of the game give their experience you know their their input is based on experience especially andrew coltar and you and murray Vast amounts of experience. They've seen a lot of golfers come and go, you know, but you can't, it seems to be a targeted approach. Now, when I called out Ewan Murray, uh, but, you know, commenting on Bryson DeChambeau's lack of four shouting. Oh, no, but when he did shout four, he came up and did a sarcastic comment. And then you've got Bern Weisberger commenting on Bryson DeChambeau and Eduardo Molinari commenting on Bryson DeChambeau. But then when Cam Smith sprayed one out and it went towards the crowd didn't say anything there was no comment oh apparently someone did say something or the caddy shouted well fully enough we didn't hear that you yeah. know so this the whole the whole rhetoric towards it it seems to be a targeted approach to bryson chamber because he is different and i'm not having this we're teaching our children right we're teaching in schools and in everyday life it's okay to be different right it's you you can have a different opinion you can have a different approach. Yeah. You know, Brexit, look at the world, the country fell apart during Brexit because everyone had difference of opinions. It's fine. We can have that. You know, we've had politics as long as we've been alive and we're all have different opinions on every single subject. Otherwise, it would be a boring, boring world. So Bryson's allowed to be different. Yes, he brings some of it on himself, but that doesn't mean he deserves criticism as an attacks while he's playing his sport. So, I, I absolutely agree with you. I, I think it's toxic what's happening at the moment. It, it, you know, it is bordering on psychological abuse. It's, you know, I, I will go as far as saying that because I do believe it. But again, you know, we're all entitled to our opinion. You go back to that exchange we had with, with you and Murray on Twitter. And, you know, he did say, you know, I, I did follow up my comment with, well, it's progress. But even still, that, that's got negative connotation to it. And, you know, we've, we've got to stop it. These broadcasters and the people presenting these programs have got to, as you point out, provide that balanced opinion. And, and if we're not getting that, we're allowed to call that out. And 
you know what? I, I saw I saw less abuse and a less attacks when Tiger Woods had a loyalty card for a local prostitution ring. And then <laughs> when he was he was chasing a car down his wife's car and smashing the back window in. And then he recklessly turns his car over on a highway, potentially could have killed somebody. You know, there was less attack of a of a person than what Bryson's doing. I'm thinking, hang on a minute, this is not balanced at all. Why yeah. are we not? Can you not attack someone that's won all those majors? You know, is someone? Do you have to win a certain amount? Do you have to win a certain amount of majors before you become immune? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like do you I, have, see, I see I, the I point know, you're making. Yeah, I don't get it. I really don't get it at all. The point you're making is there's no consistency. Yeah, and it's kind of and and we're singing. Do you know who's a really good commentator? Is Radar Riley, right? And love him because he has he has so many opinions. Right. Some of them are random. Some of the stuff he comes out with is random. But do you know what? I never hear him. He might turn around and says, well, I perhaps wouldn't have used that club there or that played that sharp. He never turns around and said that was awful. That was a terrible decision. Oh, you know, he's ruining his game. And what what was that? And he's condemning um, players left, right and centre. He doesn't do it. He gives us what he's he played the game. He's won tournaments. He knows his stuff. And he just knows what the people want to listen to. We don't want to listen to sarcasm and attacks on golfers. But anyway, uh, do you reckon that that rounds up that little um, discussion on that? We all want people to be nicer. Absolutely. And, you know, we we are absolutely entitled to have this heated debate with anybody in this current world. And, And we're doing that. And it's, you know, hopefully people will stand up, take note of it. And, you know, there's probably many different podcasters are are talking about the same subjects, maybe in different forms. But, yeah, we're both very passionate about this and we'd like to see some change. So if you're listening out there, spread the word. Spread the good word, my fellow people. Right, so to the positive aspect of last week because we are still rolling in it. Rolling! What do you think? Oh, mate, mate, um... Yeah, I was the, the, that song that I did before um, by the Jam. Brilliant, by uh, the I way. Apologise oh, if I ruined the, the, jam the Jam song, but I was going to, um, especially on time, I was going to do Walking in Memphis. Obviously, you know, because of what happened at the w, WGC. But do you know what? I've got a joke first before we get into. Can I tell this joke? Oh. I heard I heard this the other day, right? And it doesn't, you know. I bet you're probably th- going to think, you know, oh, I say, how does, you know, in what order does a Mexican lay his carpet? And first of all, he puts the underlay down. But I wasn't going to say that one. Then the next one was going to be, what do you get if you have a hen staring at a bunch of lettuce leaves? Don't know. No? No. Chicken Caesar salad. Hey! Right. Let's get on to it. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I heard that. But I wet myself. No. And that shows you the level of my sense of humor. I thought it was great. <laughs> food-based jokes. They're all... Hey, food-based jokes are great. What's the only cheese that can say hello to itself? Go on. Halloumi. And did you hear about the um, cheese factory that exploded? No. Nope. Debris everywhere. And if those cheesy jokes, let's crack on, brother. What are we going to discuss? Obviously, last week. Yeah, obviously, last week. Why don't we start with the WGC? We've talked about the negative aspect of last week. Let's talk about the positive aspect. A, B, answer. 
I'll be your AB answer. He's answering for money. Well, that was another I mean, song I was going to do. Great for him. Maiden victory um, on the PGA Tour. And what a way to do it in a WGC and in a playoff. You know, the great oh, playoff. I'm really surprised that Burns missed that putt. I think that the big difference was, you know, the answer took the break out with the pace and Burns didn't. And, you know, he, he kind of had a, you know, almost identical putt really for, for the sake of three inches. But what's three inches? Let's not complain. Um, but yeah, it's, yeah, what, what, a, what a win. And the first leg of our amazing double. I mean, for, from a, and I'm going to say it now, I mean, obviously from our charting selections and our profits, is I, I'm not doing that. I'm you know I'm just doing it based on our single positions, um, but yeah, we we are now two hundred and four points up since we started at the Masters, and I think that's one hell of a performance. Um, so yeah, we're really really happy with what Answer did, um, and it helped financially as well. So yeah, gr- but a great tournament, super tournament. Take all the negativity away. Um, it, it was. It had everything to it, didn't it? You know, English yeah, and Bryson it. seemingly running away. Um, you know, coming back with obviously what was happening from what we couldn't see on the TV, apart from the you know the the rulings and the, the you know the the debacle at the par three where they both, you know, I think Bryson made triple, Harris made double or something like that, and it's. Yeah, and it just brought everybody back into it, didn't it? And you know, Shane obviously Cam Smith. That double bogey really hurt him at the end. He could have been in the playoff. Didn't expect oh, Matsuyama well, to be he? in that playoff. Didn't expect him. You know, after I would have been gutted if Matsuyama would have gone on to win after me backing him in the uh, the Olympics the week before. But yeah, it's uh, it just had everything in it. And I, I love TPC Southwind. Love the course. You know, and it always has the potential to throw up. You know, a real surprise on that back nine, doesn't it? Well, it does has potential with the water there and obviously the pin positions which they can choose. Um, and they obviously put in awkward positions. Yeah, it has the you know, we saw Cam Smith wayward drives in behind the trees, went for a big one, hit a load of wood. Um and that's a, that's another one. I didn't I didn't even see when he hit the second one. That could have killed somebody, that could have gone anywhere in it. Anybody but no one mentioned that. Um yeah, it was a it was a great tournament, and obviously I thought my television had broken in the playoff. You know, looking at the shapes of those people and silly moustaches, you know, the shape at the size of AB Ansa and against Hideki Matsuama. Yeah. And then yeah. I thought, geez, my screen's gone all distorted. How far away is AB Ansa from everybody else? Like, he's <laughs> tiny, isn't he? He is tiny, yeah. Like four foot six or right. He's probably a bit bigger than that, but man, he's a small little small. Mexican bug in a bunch. What the so hell that, was that? That was <laughs> <laughs> my Mexican packing a punch. Anyway, oh my God, I thought you were having a, I thought you were having a stroke. Then, yeah, so it was, it was a great tournament. Obviously, um, very chuffed. It was a playoff. I didn't think it was going to go our, our way, especially a well, lovely, lovely second shot from Answer on that first playoff hole. He was yeah, always yeah. sitting down a little bit, played for a bit of fly. We heard the conversation between him and his caddy. Played for a bit of, uh, I think he called about seven yards of fly. He thought he would get, which is fun. You know, they call Bryson the scientist. Jesus Christ, so AB Answer. But then he, yeah, pitched it, that lovely, nice little putt. Nice putt. And I thought, okay, Hideki could go and do this, but he didn't, like you said. Hideki um, thought he'd done it, though. Did you oh, see when the he, way puts, he was leading? Oh. oh, he did. He thought that was sneaking in, didn't he? But then that second, that um, drive by Burns and AB answer on the, 
on the second the playoff second, hole. Yes. Left him in a great position. AB obviously first put it within, I think, what was it, eight feet? Six feet. Six feet. Six, was it? And then, yeah. and then Sam Burns got inside him. And I thought, oh, my God, he's going to have a look at AB answers put here. It's going gonna, it's gonna to go wrong. Yes, we got Guessing. the win. And you talk about the single, but obviously we had it in a double as well with Eric Van Rooyen, who we can talk about now. So, yeah, that was a great tournament. Let's go on to the Barracuda. What a, do you know what? I'd like to say, like I said in the song, Cuda when I was in um, Cuba on honeymoon and it was oh God they're feisty fish feisty fish loved it loved every minute of it really sharp whatever they call it beak horn nose I don't know um, yeah great fish great tournament love Stableford yeah it's a modified Stableford point scoring system as we talked about on last week's podcast but yeah great and, and he set the record you know he 50 points, I think, is what he got, isn't it? And that, that's a record for that tournament. So uh, quite impressive, really. I mean, he didn't score highly in the final round either. Um, but I did I did say to you, and I know, I mean, I, I had to get some sleep. It was getting into the early hours of the morning, a long drive home the next day. And um, and you were prepared to stay up and just track it, even though it wasn't on TV. I did say to you, I think he needed one more birdie in the final four holes. He got two. So, uh, yeah, I think he won by five points in the end. So, absolutely oh, mate, brilliant. My, uh, oh, coming to that final stretch, my, my, my bum hole was contracting like a fish out of water. It was just, yeah. it was, oh, it was just so nerve wracking. And I'm thinking, um, hang on a minute. If anyone's got, <laughs> if anyone's now got a picture, my bum hole looking like a carp, then I well, apologize. I'll tell you, well, I'll tell you what, when, you, when you've got, just under £2,800 riding on that. And if I convert that into the dollars for any of our American listeners, that's about $3,500. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's a a good good sting on the bookies, that one, that double last week. Love it. Absolutely. I know, I wish I'd I'd had the bet physically in a bookmaker's because I love going in there and getting money. They're so grumpy. Um, Yeah, so... And actually, can I just? I want to make a point, right? And if anyone's, what, I went, in, I went into Labrooks the other the other week. Now they have the betting terminals in Labrooks, and they have the cash, uh, the counter. Now I went up and went to get a bookie's price, and they wouldn't allow me wouldn't allow me to do the bet on the machine. So I wanted to do cross doubles and whatever. But the price on the machine for a golfer was fifty five to one, and it was a quarter of the odds, five places, right? 50 Quarter of the odds, five places. I went to the counter, said, I can't do my bet. Can I do it here? Just check the odds are the same. He was 45 to one. And it was a fifth of the odds for five places. Why? Why? So, and that's why I asked the question. So I said, how come there's a huge, that's 10 point difference and the fractions are all wrong, different. Not our machines, they said. Oh. They're, our, they're, generic, <sighs> they're generic machines and they're controlled by different database and what have you they give different prices i said well, it's in your shop so if i get the winnings out of that machine you pay it out of your till i was like yeah but we they're different prices and i said i don't mind the different prices but the fractions were ridiculous you know a quarter to a fifth it's it's a huge difference especially at, you know good odds but anyway i just thought i'd um, throw that in so if anyone's listening anyone knows who controls those machines at Labrooks? Because um, a bookie friend of mine has asked me to find out because he believes that's completely wrong and against um, the system. But yeah, the Barracuda, um, Eric Van Royen. I've backed him quite a few times and he tends to have a burnout. He tends to like just 
throw in a crazy number because his head goes. But I think ever since, ever since he's been wearing those tight elasticated trousers, um, which seem to cut off the circulation in his ankles, I think he's played better. And his putting is completely um, oh, improved, 100% improved. He just seems to be aggressive, not leaving him short, not pathetic little dribble. Really, I was really pleased to see him come because I knew that he's a decent player. Everyone knew he was a decent player. Obviously, that makes no sense. But I knew he had a win in him. And thank God it came this week. Yeah, I, I, I thought he was going to be, you know, one of your new kind of, your new bottle jobs, EVR not getting it over the line. But yeah, I mean, he proved us wrong um, this week. And, and I'm so glad he did. It's brilliant. It's a brilliant performance. And Gary Woodland as well, Craig, just finished outside oh, the, the yeah. top five places, you know, finished time. Well, in some, with some butt makers, you could have got, you know, first six, first seven. Yeah, um, yeah. We were playing top we were playing top five this week. It was great to see Woody Woody coming back to a bit of form and he's playing again this week. There's no reason why he can't um I I would say his driving game probably doesn't suit this this um Sedgefield track, but you know, I I don't know playing well enough and he's a major winner so there's no reason why he can't go in but we'll talk about our picks later on so does that round up last week or is there anything else you want to say about the Barracuda uh no don't really want to say anything about the Barracuda anymore I mean we've said enough I think that's good let's move into the hero well yeah let's keep it going you know I'm very pleased with them I think I've got seven wins this season you have yes without all the places which yeah, is um, eight wins which I'm in total very seven with. of them are yours so yeah you are you are the royal at the moment well no we're going into that. a tough period now you know obviously the fedex will be starting soon obviously we've got the rider cup i'm looking forward to discussing the rider cup in future podcasts obviously with different see how the team matches up but this week will go a long way to um, for paddy deciding who's going to actually be his picks um so where do you want to start let's should we hop over to europe um, and should we start? Well, let, let's far... just have a quick, quick review of the hero, Craig. We just, yeah, we haven't talked oh, about the we? hero, have we? So, yeah, no, but I know. If, if a... we have to, let's... well, go on. If we have to, it's such a depressing tournament that. But talk about the hero very, very quickly. So obviously, all of our selections failed to land a blow, <laughs> and that was hero. it from the hero. <laughs> That was brilliant. But I, I do want to just call out, obviously, like, you know, first time winner, Grant Forrest on home soil, um, you know, went into the tournament ranked 377th in the world. He's now 174th, 24 under winning score, you know, kind of a, a great, a great win from him. And, and it just continues this season of first time winners. Um, you know, the, uh, and, and I, th- I think it was great. I didn't see a lot of the tournament, to be honest with you. It wasn't it wasn't high on my radar this week. Um, but our, our highest place finish was uh, Oliver Farr, my pick, which was tied 30th on 11 under. So well done to Grant Forrest, 28-year-old, turned pro in 2016. Hasn't really had a lot of events on, on the tour, really. So um, yeah, another like first-time winner. Picks. Like all our picks, yours was far, far away. Um, hey, what a what a double that would have been if yours. Well, hey, what a, <laughs> what what a double that would have been if Forest and Woodland would have done the cross um, cross Atlantic double. Forest oh, and Woodland, yeah. I don't know, a few, few trees in it. Um, yeah, so let's leave the hero be fi- behind because I thought um, that was. Um, a That's all we need to say. I need a hero. Right, come on, oh. let's move on. Let's move on. Let's let's stay in Europe then. 
And we're, we're not far from you this week. And I'm surprised not you're not going down. Um, well, we're, we're in Ash hello, in Kent. Hello. Yep, we are. We're, we're in, in Ash in Kent. Kazoo Classic. They seem at to be sponsoring everything course. at the moment. They at do, the Heritage they? Course. Yeah, the London Kazoo, Club. Kazoo, and you know, the, you know London the Club. You played it. I have. Um, I actually, I don't think I've played the Heritage. I've played the International um so yeah but they, they are on the the same site and um yeah it's i mean it, it's it's a very a nice course nice setup um you know it's a parkland setup jack nicholas design but yeah it's, it's only about 40 minute drive from where i am but yeah unfortunately due to due to work pressures this week i cannot make the time um but hopefully we will get to the bmw at wentworth that would be nice um, so, yeah, the Heritage Course in Kent, as I say, Jack Nicholas design, parkland setup, you know, a lot of fescue type grass. It's, it's almost got like a little bit of a linksy feel to to this course setup this week, only a little bit. Um, there's 500 foot of elevation on this course. So, um, you know, if we do generally get wind and you do get a lot of wind in Kent is you, you can be kind of susceptible to that kind of odd wayward shot which is then going to get in the the fescue grass and tough so you know that that lies the fairway edges so I, I don't think we've got a lot of heavy wind forecast i think the weather forecast is supposed to be decent although i think there's a little chance of rain into the weekend but yeah it's it'll be an interesting setup for some of these players and and i'm certainly you know past 72 by the way about 7,300 yards there or thereabouts um, with USGA standard bent grass-based greens. Obviously, Jack Nicholas bringing that to the UK. But I, I'm looking at accuracy off the tee. I'm looking at GIR, strokes gained approach. They're my main stat angles this week for this heritage course layout, which has actually got four reachable par five. So I, I think we'll see some decent scoring again this week. Got anything on the course that you've looked at? Yeah, it's yeah, 20, 20 miles southeast of London, as you know, not far from you. Hosted the European Open twice on this heritage mm. course in 2008, 2009. And then obviously had the world match play on the international course, 2014. I think you mentioned the wind. Yeah, there's always a little bit of wind here. You know, it can, I think this week it's forecast to range between five, six miles per hour up to 16 miles per hour so that could be a massive difference so i would look at the forecast again perhaps you know tomorrow morning or late tonight um you know late tonight being tuesday night or tomorrow morning have a look see if that's changed and and then make a decision on if you're going to decide whether there's going to be of a draw bias or not there was a bit of a draw bias um last week up in fermont which we saw um callum hill taking advantage of that early on um Significant yeah. course bias, yeah, it was. Yeah, Four, five exactly. <clears throat> exactly. Excuse me. <clears throat> um, excuse me for that. The yeah, Jack Nicholas. You know, Jack always his courses. Oh, many of his courses are considered you know, second shot layout courses. Yeah. Jack's always like courses that are second shot. He believes that you know the driver is the most is the, is the fun part of the game. And you should be allowed to let rip and let loose and, and not be penalized too much, but more focus on your accuracy, where you're putting it on the fairway, giving yourself an approach, a good line. So, yeah, Jack's courses tend to be a second shot. And so that's what I would be, you know, and, and Heritage is a very, very much a second course, um, second shot course. 
better iron players. Um, but, you know, you have to be a solid, solid drivers. There's been a bit of rain in the area. Uh, no rain forecast um, the early part of the week for the, the Thursday, Friday rounds. So, yeah, I'll be looking at golfers that are, like you've said, very um, straight off the tee, giving themselves a good look in. But, you know, solid, solid putters. Um, so, yeah, I've picked. I would have liked to see um, Mansell and Fickart here this week. I, I really think this course would have suited their game. But they're not. Armitage has mm. pulled out late. He was going to be one of my early picks. But, yeah, let's um, – I think – should we crack on and give our picks? Yeah, let's do that. The only other thing I just wanted to say is that I, I think this is kind of um, holding it here, the Kazoo Classic at the Heritage Course this week. I think it's being billed as the rebirth of the English Open because they've not actually played it since 2002. I know you said there was um, the European Open was played 2008, 2009, but it'd be lovely mm. to see um, somewhere so close getting a regular slot on the tour if that happens. But yeah, let, let's move into... Our picks, as I say, I, I've kind of given my angle from a, st- a statistic point of view in terms of what I'm looking for and what shaped my picks this week. Go on in. Okay. Go first, bro. Let's do it. Let's do it. Right. Okay. So my first pick this week is Laurie Cantor. Now, Laurie Cantor at 35 to 1. In terms of the stat angle I've talked about, he is ranked second strokes gained off the tee. I think there's going to be a bit of premium in terms of, you know, as I've said, accuracy off the tee um, together with the GIR angle. And he's ranked fifth in GIR as well, but he's also ranked eighth in stroke gained T2 green. So he's got the all-round angle. He is ranking highly in those stats areas, but he's also had two top 10 finishes this year in Dubai and also in Denmark at the Made in Himmerland. So he's not really been lighting it up, but I think, you know, he's certainly someone who's got the game to prevail somewhere like this at a course like this. And he, you know, he has won before as well. So I, I think at 35 to one, I think he's big enough for me to play this week and he ticks the stat angles. So that's why I'm playing Laurie Cantor. Okay, that's fair enough. You know, it's he, he was in great form last year. Um, hasn't really followed that up this year to a degree. Yeah. But yeah, he's definitely, when he's hot, he is hot. And I think, yeah, this course could suit him well. He's very much um, all about a putter. You know, if his putter's hot, then you'll see him up near the top of the leaderboard. Yes, yeah, so a good pick. Good first pick. Mm. My first pick is, we know pretty much everything there is to know this year about Dickie B, Richard Bland. You know, after his breakthrough win and his subsequent appearances in the, in the majors, he's had a freshening break. And I do think this cause, this um, course won't cause him much issue. I think he's used to playing his approaches from a bit further back because he's really solid off the tee. So I think this second shot golf course will suit him really well. And we saw that, you know, the British Masters, we saw that we can plot his way around and he can give himself enough chances. And I think after a nice break, freshened up, I think 28 to 1 is a cracking price. So Dickie B, Richard Bland is my first pick. I think, you know, I mean, again, before this season, you, you wouldn't you wouldn't have been thinking anywhere near 28 to 1. And he's, you know, he's probably, 
for his form this season, that's why he's the price he is. But I'd be a little bit concerned at taking the 28 to 1 on him. But yeah, he's had a phenomenal season. I'm going to say it phenomenal. Um, yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> Actually, updated. We got, th- we got 30 to 1 on him, not 28 to 1. Sorry. 30 okay, 30 to 1 is pretty good. Yeah, no, I, I like Richard Bland. I think, uh, yeah, great, great pick that. Bit of confidence. Okay. Second right. pick for you, bro. Second pick. I'm going to play Rasmus Huygard. Oh, you so, love this fella. I, I, he's a young lad. I think he's got a lot of talent. Again, this year hasn't been firing. Obviously, a strange year for many people. You know, whether he's kind of missing the home factor and stuff. But, you know, you've got to factor in. These guys are on the road a lot. COVID times, it's been a little bit difficult. And, and maybe there's other reasons why he hasn't been firing or following up last year's form. But I think he's got the game in him. And I also do think this is a course that probably will suit him. Let's say I haven't played the Heritage. I played the International. Similar kind of themes. But, you know, kind of walking around it. And from what I remember, it's kind of... I, I just think he has got it. And, and also, again, you know, from a stat angle, ranked ninth greens and regulations on the European Tour. Stat angle this year not so highly in the others, ranked 19th in strokes gained, tee to green. But I, I think, you know, he he is going to come back to some kind of form at some point. And I'm banking on that being this week. And at 35 to 1, um, you know, with his 12th at the Austrian and a tied ninth very early on the season at Dubai, I, I think he can bring it back. And, and he'll, he'll want to be going back up those rankings for sure. So 35 to 1, Rasmus Foygaard. Yeah, I think he'd, yeah, I think he looks he'd be looking over his shoulder soon enough. I think his brother's coming up the rankings quite quickly. Nikolai, like, yeah, but I'd I'd worry. I, I like him a lot, and I think he's an exciting golfer, um, very exciting golfer. But I just worry about him off the tee a little because he's so long, and he has a tendency. If you're wayward here, then like you've said, yeah, I, fescue, no, I, I, I can see that. I can see that. I'm but yeah, he's a talent. The GIR, yeah. Yeah, I know. He's got to have a good round and in the right position. Second shot's great. Yeah, I like him a lot, and I hope he, he comes through for you. Um, my second pick is a Kiwi who I backed last week, right? He hits it a long way, and that probably counters what I was saying about putting the ball in the fairway and whatever. But he does actually find a lot of... Ryan Fox, and he plays the par fives really well, and he's scoring plenty of birdies. Now, the par fives here are quite gettable. You know, you can get after these par fives here, obviously, if the changes a little bit. And he has a putting game, which we saw great effect in the fourth round last week, shot a 67. And I like the way, as I've said before, I like the way players finish the tournament the week before. And especially when he's had a bit of time off and he's coming back, I liked that progression through the week and I saw something in his game that was going in the right direction. And he was, you know, we're not looking that far back, probably about four or five months. Then he was one of the favorites for these, um, mm-hmm. you know, he was classed up there as one of the, the players to, to look out for. And I think, yeah, is he has to be good off the off the tee. He wasn't the first couple of rounds um, last week up at Fairmont, but came strong. You know, Fairmont's a different kettle fish to, to this track down here. So 40 to 1 for a player who's quite high up in the world golf rankings um, and he's coming back to a bit of form. I think it's a bit of value. Yeah, I th- yeah, I think I've played 
Fox as a first round leader before and stuff. But um, yeah, I, I mean, you're sticking with him. You played him last week. You're sticking with him, and hopefully, he might come through. I so say we've got eight golfers this. Well, seven golfers actually. When, when you look at the probably the rest of them, but um, yeah, hopefully he'll he'll come through, or one of them will anyway. Right, my third pick, um, Sean Crocker. So. Sean Crocker is inside the top 15 in three of the stat areas that I've looked at this week. He had a tied ninth at the Irish, a tied 11th at the Porsche European earlier in the season. And again, I think, you know, he's, he's someone that kind of, um, kind of has, has a good round or two and, and never really gets into winning contention a lot of the time. And I'm just tempted a little bit by, let's say, the stat angle. I'm tempted a little bit by his odds at 45 to 1 this week. And whether it's an outright win, maybe it's an each-way play, uh, I just think Sean Crocker has, has got a tournament in him and he's going to want to push forwards. And, and I think, yeah, that's the validation around my third pick there. Okay, yeah, Sean Crocker, the the, the Yankee. He's, yeah, we've we played him a few times this year, and he's he's stuck with the European Tour. And he's had a bit of success, got a few pounds in the in the in the wallet. So yeah, decent pick. Um, my third is a guy you know I like, um, like him a lot. I think I I, I even went as far as saying that he's a potential major winner in the making, someone to replace. Henrik Stenson, Jesper Parnovic, as the Swedish mastermind of golf. I, Vincent Norman. Now, you have to have the second shot, as we we're talking before, you, know, you have to be on song with your ball striking. And that's what this kid is. This kid is probably, I've watched him quite a bit. And he strikes the ball so well. I think he makes, because he's young, he makes some random decisions sometimes and then he'll drop a couple of shots. But I think if he just gets his game on song, someone's in his head, this course might just well suit him, especially with the par fives. He can get after those par fives. Puts it in the right place. His irons, ball striking, like I said, will be second to none. And I think he'll give himself enough chances on the greens and he puts well. If he doesn't find the greens... He has an up-and-down game that can rival the best of them. I'd say he's Poulter around the greens with a short game. And that is saying a lot. I love Poulter's well, short game. Yeah, I mean, you, you've made some fairly bold statements about this lad, this young up-and-comer, and, and hopefully he'll validate that. But I think he's also probably going to be high on a lot of other people's thinking this week. He's certainly got the game. There's no doubt about it. Can he do it so early? He's not a great price. But I think no. his, his stature in golf at the moment is uh, dictates that price. So yeah. um, he is what he is. Everyone knows he's got the talents. And I think as long as the pressure doesn't get to him too much, come Saturday, Sunday, if he makes a cut, then I think he'll go a long, long way. So that's my third pick. Okay. And my fourth, I have saved the best till last. I'm playing big on this one this week. And I, I can be viewed as a bit of a favourite picker um, from time to time. But I think this week, it, this has got it written all over it. And Bernd Wiesberger, for me, is the winner without a shadow of doubt. I'm going to be bold on it this week. I am actually playing him outright um, on, a, on a largest scale this week. He's 14 to 1. So not massive. But in this field, I think it's big enough. And he is ranked 1, strokes gain, tee to green. He's ranked 6, GIR. He won 
in Denmark earlier in the season. He's had two other top 10 finishes. He's also won four times after coming back from a break throughout his career. And he's just had three weeks off. And I, I think Bernd Wiesberger is primed to come to absolutely obliterate this heritage course this week. And, and I'm really, really confident about his chances. Really confident. Well, the, He's my final play. The guy really frustrated me when he started commenting on Bryson DeChambeau's thing. And I am I actually thinking about, I'm thinking about going down on Friday to watch um, the second round of the kazoo. Oh, yeah. And okay. yeah, and I will look at following Bernd Weisberger. Let's hope for his sake that he doesn't hit a wayward drive and fail to shout four because I'll be there, Bernd. I'll be there. Yeah. So yeah, he's Stalker. a, he's a yeah, he's a um, yeah, he's a good player, and like you said, you know, he's got a great chance. I don't think it's not a bad prop in this field. You know, you you probably got there's players in there if they light it up. You know, Sully is dropping down the rankings a bit, but he's he'll be there about if he has a decent week. A bit. A bit. Well, a bit. you know, he's, he's nearly outside the top 100. Come on, Sully, you got to get it going, man. And I think he will. And I think, you know, second shot golf course, you know, I think his, his irons and his approaches uh, are pretty spot on. Whether he takes advantage of these par fives is yet to be seen. So, nice. Okay, that's your final, final pick is going the opposite direction to you. I know you back a, a one to six shot in a two horse race. Um, but, you know, this guy's 100 to one. And I think he might even might even be bigger. I'm not even sure. You can get probably a, a lot bigger prices on him. He's second on the Eurostats form in par five scoring. He's 13th in the stats and birdies per round. He's 42nd. Now, but take this stat into consideration. 13th in birdies per round and 42nd in bogeys in a round. All right, that's a good... I like that good combo. All right, he's not always the straightest off the tee. I think he's up there in the sort of mid 60% uh, driving accuracy stat. I don't gain stat really because that doesn't give you the whole story. I just like, you know, if you find a fairway, you find a fairway, regardless of what you do with the ball. After that, every course is different. Um, no top tens, right, is a, is a worry for me this season. But he will, if he gets four rounds together, five Sunshine Tour wins. He's had a break and he's not been seen here since the BMW where he made the cut. And indeed, in his last five European events, he made it to the weekend at every one. His best result during the whole Canary Islands triple header thing, grip it and rip it. Um, it's Louis de Jager. Um, mm. I, I like him. You know, his stats, yes, he's a bit of a gamble. He's a bit of a gamble, but his stats are there for me. You know, he finds the greens. He's good at par five scoring, and he doesn't have that many bogeys in a round. You know, considering someone's quite long off the tee, a little bit wayward to a degree compared to some of them, compared to the likes of Richard Bland, you know, considering he's a bit wayward, 42 bogeys in a round, uh, 42nd on the bogeys in a round stat is not bad at all. So the fact that he's had a bit of a break, freshened up, I think, you know, three digits for this guy. You know, if you can get, if you can get six, seven places just to be in the top three or top 10 betting, I think there's a bit of value there for Louis de Jager. So he's my final at the Kazoo Classic. 80 to 1 he's trading at at the moment. So you're not going to get that your three, three six, five. Yeah, I think, he's, I think he's three figures with, if you go on Odds Checker, he's three figures with various bookmakers. Um, okay, interesting. Then again, 
Yeah. All right. Well, then I like that. And like I said, I might get down there on Friday. So if anyone wants to um, follow on TikTok, Twitter, um, then I will be perhaps doing some lives from the Kazoo Classic on. Ooh, like it. Yeah. Might possibly do that. I think the tickets are great value. The tickets um, £24 to go and watch, you know, some great golf. Yeah, it's not value. An hour and what, an hour and a half for me. So, yeah classic and i would like to say can i before we go into the next round a big well done to the lad that we had on uh, the bros and birdies podcast uh, a few weeks ago oh, Spencer Davies, the 14 year old played in the um under 14 national championships down at porter's park which is just near boreham woods just inside the m25 um finished third um phenomenal performance there's that word again and he had a bit of a he was disappointed with his first couple of rounds but was the only player to shoot under par on the last round and it's a tough golf course i walked around there watched him in his practice round it is a tough tough golf it was 6500 yards um the rough was quite lush the greens were I had a putt on one of the greens and we did a sort of downhill putting about 60 feet, 50 feet. I got it within six feet. I was quite happy with that. Um, mm. Yeah, he great performance, finished third. And we'll keep you up to date with his progress as we go through the, the year. I know he's got a few tournaments lined up. I think he's playing in the England Regional up at Wallasey Golf Club, his no, sorry, at um, Heswell Golf Club coming up soon in the next couple of weeks. So we'll keep you up to date with that. So that's the European just, tour. Just out of interest, Craig, just on yeah. that story because it's really interesting. But I mean, how many, how many, um, how many kids were in that event? Was it hundred plus? Oh, I think it was about one hundred and forty. I think yeah. um, so. To finish third was absolutely amazing. I know that the lad that won it was actually from Walton Heath, which is a stone's throw away from where I live as you very well know, and I think he was seven under or something, wasn't he? So, I mean, yeah, he, he is. Yeah. Surname Kim. And it wasn't like, um, Siwoo shooting a 13. He played well. I think finished seven under on a course, which is, you know, the adults will, um, struggle with this course pros, 6,500, some really tricky holes and really lovely greens. It's a lovely design. So if anyone gets a chance to go down to Porter's Park Golf Club, then please do. It is an absolute beautiful course that I knew nothing about. Mm-hmm. Right. Let's head over to the PGA. It's a core. It's a tournament that we know a lot about. You know, it's the Wyndham, the Wyndham Championships. It's not the greatest field um, this week. Patrick Reed has been a late dropout um, from it. And I think Josh Teeter has come in to replace him. So um, a lot of players needing points for the FedEx Championship. Um, obviously, the playoffs coming up. So, yeah, you know about the course, Graham. Tell us a lot of. We know a lot, but let's let's have some more. Okay, so the Wyndham Championship is played at Sedgefield Country Club, which is a Donald Ross design. Uh, so Donald Ross, I think, was recently is uh, designer at the Rocket Mortgage in Detroit. So it's it's been a tournament that's been played recently. He also uh, designed East Lake, which is obviously where the Tour Championships are played. So he, very 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 popular. Um, Greensboro in North Carolina. Uh, we obviously have an event here which is going to be a, a deciding factor for the FedEx Cup playoffs. So a lot of players on the bubble, as they call it. But yeah, we have a a short, a relatively short par 70. So roughly about 7,100 yards long, there or thereabouts. 
Um, low scoring events. I think 21 under, 22 under have won the last five events here. Um, firm greens, six holes with water. The the fairways and greens are Bermuda grass. They're very undulating, the greens. They have runoff areas, which is normally associated with Donald Ross designs. But what we're going to see here is, you know, a, a very high premium on accuracy off the tee, certainly over power. But um, yeah, the other factors, you know, that the front nine plays easier than the back nine. Typically, if you look at the scoring, the um, tree lined fairways and pine straw to contend with. But, you know, other than that, you know, not not a lot of uh, areas that are going to kind of guard the the potential for low scoring in an area that has suffered a lot of rain in August. Um, I don't know there's also a chance of some thunderstorms that might bring some more rain during the course of this week with high temperatures up around 34 degrees. But yeah, that, that's that's what I know about the course. And, you know, certainly drawing on my uh, the, the annals of, of history and my memory from watching this event many, many times. What about yourself? Yeah, well, you pretty much said it all. Um, you know, it is a course that you don't see bombers turn up at. You know, I was very surprised to see down, go down a list and see Bubba Watson in the field. And I'm mm. thinking, does he know where it is? Does he, know, does, he know, does he know what course this is? What the hell is he doing here? But obviously he needs, you know, the FedEx points and what have you. And um, I don't know. It's it's a course that will, you know, we've seen Jim Herman um, win. We've we've seen Webb Simpson. You know, Webb Simpson loves this course so much. He named his daughter Wyndham. Okay. Right? Well, he loves this. He loves this championship so much, should I say. He named his daughter Wyndham. So poor daughter but we know that he loves the <laughs> tournaments and it and it does suit a player's eye you know you can and i was looking at the stats and you can you could turn around you could be shooting 65 percent uh, of the you know, hitting 65 percent of the fairways on stats over the season but if a course suits your eye you can you'll easily see a 15 percent increment in your driving accuracy stats and that's how much someone discussed it on one of the, the golf channels recently. That's how much a course can fit somebody's eye. You can take your stats from mid 65s to 80% of the fairways. Now, if you look at Jim Herman last, last year, I think he shot, I think he hit over the whole tournament, 83% of the fairways or something like that. But his, you know, his stat and in the mid sixties or whatever. So if a course suits your eye, a court suits your eye, end of, Right. We, we all know it. We've all played courses that, OK, I like this course. Been here before. I know what to do. Yeah. The shape, you know, it suits my fade or it suits my draw. Yeah. You know, a course suits your eye. So, yeah, we're looking at players that we know. I might have a bit of a random one later, but we know will fit this golf course. And I like Wyndham. I like the championship. It's a shame it's so close to the you know, the playoffs since the playoffs came into into um, fruition because it really dumbs down. But I think it's a great tournament. I think players like it. And it's still a million-dollar pot. You know what I mean? It's not a – just because the players haven't turned up doesn't mean they're going to win less money. This is still a big pot of money for these players to win. And it's very winnable this week. Very winnable. Absolutely. Yeah, with you on that. That's that's a, a good opening summary. Yeah, I like that. Well, well I like – do you know what? There are a couple of players before I get onto we get onto our picks, right? There are a couple of players that I really liked, right? And I liked Brendan Todd. 
but he's been shocking on the green, so I can't have that. At the yeah. 3M, he was at the 3M, he was 90 plus in greens and regulation and driving accuracy in the 3M, but missed a cut. So, you know, he must be trying the Sergio Garcia eyes shut while he's putting um, <laughs> plan, but ain't going to plan for him. I liked, um, do you know a player that's going to be on a lot of lists? And I don't even know if he's on your list or not, but Ryan Armour, um, massive price, but because he's played well here and he's got great numbers of late, you know, he's but he's mid forties and he's only won once. You know, he's no VJ Singh. He's mid forties. He's won once. I just yeah, okay. He's I thought he was still. younger than that. Actually, Ryan Armour. Yeah. No, well, not according not unless I've got a different Ryan Armour. I don't know whether there's a Ryan Armour the second, like Harry Varner the third. But yeah, he's got all the stats, but I don't think he has the quality. So there's a couple of players that I did like, but totally wrote them off my list. So should we get on to the players that we have gone for? Let's do that. Absolutely. I'm up just first to the hockey. Brendan Go Todd, on. I'd certainly looked at him. And, you know, he's he's on and around the bubble. He's 110th in the FedEx um, ranking. So, but, you know, he certainly ticked a lot of boxes on the stat angle for sure. But yeah, he didn't, he didn't get in my final four, but yeah, I did look at him. Okay, All right, well, let's go. To the you hockey. go first. Let's go. Oh, me. All right. Yeah, I'll you. go first then. Okay. Well, I'm going for, I'm going to, I'm going to be you. I'm going to go for, Oh, this is a, a, a standard bog standard. No research needed. Let's just go for him. It's Webb Simpson. <laughs> there ain't much to say about him. You know, like I said, he named his child Wyndham. His success here is plain to see. And he's in decent form of late. A tied 15 last week in the in the WGC with 71% driving accuracy and 68% greens in regulation and 0.758 shots game putting. He's in form. He loves the course. Yeah, he absolutely loves the course. I mean, you've got to look at his record here in the last three years. Tied second 18, second 2019, tied third 2020. The concern is... He loves the course, but it, it can he get over the line and get that W? That's the concern for someone so short in the betting. But there's a reason why he is favourite this week. Um, so, yeah, absolutely see it. And doesn't surprise me that that's your first pick. Well, I don't, you know, I think 12 to 1 is all right. I think, you know, if you're looking at a quarter of the odds, top five, three to one to, for him to finish fifth at a place he loves. I think that's all right. I, I do I do think it's all right. I think, you know, if you look at what he's actually done this year, um, and I'm just actually trying to scramble that together. If you, Yeah, you look at his record at the moment, you know, it's he's had a couple of top 10s. You know, he's had a top 10 at the Heritage and at the WGC Workday. The rest of them are, you know, top 20 finishes, so he's someone this season that has been there or thereabouts, but he hasn't been over to get over that winning line. And he also hasn't done it in the last three years here. So that's that's my concern as to why he's so short. But as I say, I understand the reason. But yeah, I mean, he's going to be high ranking on a lot of people's lists this week. And certainly from a stats angle, he, he's ticking all the boxes. So he's your first pick. Like it. He is, mate. He is. Let's have yours. Okay, my first pick this week. And I have really juggled um, around with, you know, I, I did have a list of eight people and I've cut it down to four. My first play this week is Sung Jai Im. And Sung Jai, 
bit short, maybe 25 to 1, but he does like it here. He had a tied 6th in 2019 and a tied ninth in 2020. But he's had 15 top 40 finishes this year. Um, and he's inside the top 20 on two of the stat angles that I'm looking at this week. So I think, you know, sooner or later, he's going to be back in the winner's circle. Will it be this week? Don't know. But I think there's confidence enough to play him this week with his course form. And Sung Jae-im is my first player at 25 to 1. I think he's quite popular, Sung jae And I'm looking at, you know, people's lists and um, a bit of chit- um, chitter. Bit of chat on Twitter. Chitter, that could have gone chatter. <laughs> dreadfully wrong, could it? Uh, <laughs> I, I actually did all right then. I could consideration of what it could you have said. You pulled that back. Um, oh Jesus, that's what she said. Right, my second, my second pick is Jason Cockrack. Do you know what? When he drives it well, he contends. Right, and I know that he hasn't been driving it that well wise on the PGA Tour of late and that goes against everything we're saying about the Wyndham but when he does drive it well he contends whenever his driving is above 65 or around about 65 above 65 percent driving accuracy stat 10 right and he's finished sixth here and 15th here in the last two years you know he won the Charles Schwab this year Charles Schwab challenge and there's some strong finishes of late and even though his driving stats accuracy um, on the fairway, blah, 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 is quite bad. 22nd in shots gained off the tee. Sort of tells you that, okay, when he does get it out of position, he's still able to make a score. So, you know, if he drives it well, and we know he likes the course, that I think Jason Cockrack has the ability and is probably up there with ball strikers, you know, second shot ball strikers in the game. Um, so for me, 25 to 1, Jason Cockrack, he's my pick. Right. Well, I agree with you. And he's my second pick also, 25 to 1. He's gone well here before. He's shown he can go low here. And, you know, that tied 6 in 19 and the tied 15 in 2020, all right, they're not wins, but shows that he can play this course for someone who is deemed to be, you know, long off the tee. Um, But you've also pointed, you know, his win at Colonial. He's also had 10 other highs this year and, and he's playing really well. I think he has had, you know, a couple of breaks and and I would have liked to have played him at other tournaments earlier in the season. But yeah, I, I like Co-Crack at 20, 25 to 1 this week. Nice play. So he's my second as well. Okay. What about your third? All right. My third this week, I'm going to play a little bit longer on this one. I'm going to play 80 to 1, Ryan Moore. He was tied second in the John Deere. He's also past winner here at this course um he's ranked fourth in driving accuracy so he can you know he can be accurate so that together with the past winner he's had good form recently he's also on you know he's outside of the bubble for the fedex playoffs at 142nd and he's going to want to have a really good week this week to get into those playoffs and i i just think you know ryan moore is one of these players very frustrating he's got an amazing talent but it was the price that drew me in this week, and eighty to one. I, I think he's, I think he's really, really tempting, and and I like his chances this week, Ryan Moore. Yeah, he's you know he's hell. It hits the ball, hits the ball, striker. I think he just yeah needs to get his putter a bit hot. Um, 
yeah, he's a massive price, good price in a field which is perhaps not the strongest. So, yeah, I can see why you've gone for him. So he was your third. So that means a third. So my third is a lad I shouldn't be really be, really be picking. It's more heart than head, probably. And he needs a good week this week for the FedEx. A player that has won the FedEx before. He's English. It's Justin Rose. You know, I feel I feel his games I feel his game's getting close, you know. He he played well last week, but like many struggled on the last round. He looked like his putting was getting back to its best at the PGA Bob, but then has dropped off subsequently. He missed the cut here last year, but at that time he was playing some of the worst golf he has ever played in his career. He admitted that himself. But he likes second shot courses. And I'm willing to give him a chance at decent odds at a time when a great performance could open Paddy's eyes, i.e. the Ryder Cup and the FedEx opportunity. So with that in mind, you know, he likes a bit of pressure, plays well on the pressure. Like I said, he played well at the PGA, Charles Schwab. I think if he just dials back on his driving a little bit, brings it, maybe hit three woods. I'm not sure, but he's, you know, his second shots, his approach game is decent. And if he gets his putter on fire, I think Justin Rose, a pass winner at the playoffs, major, um, major winner is 80 to one. I think is he 80 to one or 60 to one? He's 60 to one. Yeah. He's 60 60 to to one. And he's, you know, outside the bubble. Yeah. He needs a big week, doesn't he? He does. He does. He he needs a bit. Hope. He has a big week rather than the fact that, you know, he's he's fitting the bill and all the stats are in the right place and his game and his head's in the right place. Probably not. But you know what? Sometimes these freak results happen and all of a sudden a player can hit back in form. And I tell you, if a player like Justin Rose does come back into form, then this field won't look. So. Mm. Interesting pick. Do you know what? You've now forced me to make a real last minute substitution and I'm going to do it. I was going to play Rose myself, bro. Um, you know, I, I did like the chances of this week. I, I thought he needed a big week. But because you've played Rose, I'm going to switch out. And I'm, my last play this week, I'm going back to Brendan Todd. I did look at him. Uh. He was on my short list. <laughs> I'm, I, I, you've just forced me to go back to him. And I, I think I like Brendan Todd. He, he is a bit of a frustrating player. But at 70 to 1 given that he is ranked first, driving accuracy. He's ranked seventh, strokes gain putting. And I do think putting might be, you know, a a real premium on these kind of undulating greens this week. Obviously with the runoff areas, get that driving accuracy, GIR, putting well, seven top 40s this year, one top 10. Okay, not hitting all of the buttons from a outright win point of view, but he is 110th. In the FedEx rankings, he's going to need a good week to stay in there and get in those playoffs. And I I just hope he comes back to some kind of form. But liking it on the stat angles and liking it on the price in 70 to 1. So last minute substitution wow. to counter your rose play. To change your mind. and Doing it. Doing you, it. When you turn around a golfer and say, well, if his driving's good and his greens and regulation's good and he's got a hot putter, then he has a chance. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, hey. If I drive it well, greens and regulation have a hot putter. I'll have a chance. But how can you You'd ignore? Be so bloody lucky. How can his three M performance make you want to pick him? I'm not saying obviously he can win, right? And he's had some good results over the last few years. But when you're ninety percent plus in GIR and driving accuracy, but still miss the cut, how does that happen? 
All right. I, I get that angle. I, I think... I don't know. I don't know how it happens, quite No, that's frankly, fair enough. It, yeah, because Rose is a strange yeah. pick for me. Exactly. Rose is they a strange pick for it. me. And Brendan Todd is a very strange pick. But yeah, I, I hope he does it because it's a good price and it'd be great for us. So, all right, hats off to you. You've changed your mind. You've gone with it. Gone from Rose the, to Todd. The other validation, bro, as well, is, you know, that I think this... This bubble, the, the line that decides whether you're in the playoffs or not, I think it does strange things to players. And, you know, it's that, that you know, the, the money they're going to earn from being in the playoffs is, is so enticing. It's going to get people out of bed. And, you know, they're going to be working on the game really hard. And, and I think Brendan Todd needs to have a good week this week to stay inside um, and make the playoffs. And, and I, I think that's, you know, again, it's a hunch. A lot of these things are, it's, like I said, you don't know what's going on in people's private lives, but, you know, and golfers suffer that as well. But yeah, I, I think, you know, our validation around our picks is always pretty hot. Oh, you know, yeah, it's yeah, always yeah. well-informed and stuff. And, and we have to stick with that courage of conviction. You did it last week. It paid off. I questioned your answer selection, but it answered correctly. And ah. we got there. So, yeah, I like it. Well, I totally agree with you for Brendan Todd to win this week. He does indeed need to get out of bed. Right. So my fourth <laughs> my fourth and final pick to round off our picks for this week's episode is a massive one. He's a massive one. He's 140 to one. Right, he's very low on shots gained off the tee, right? But that doesn't reflect how he actually drives the ball. You know, his driving accuracy stats in the last four weeks have been 75%, 82%, 75%, 73%. He was tied 11th here in 2018. In 2019, when he played, his putter was ice cold, ice cold, but he still made the cut. So it tells me that he quite likes this course, right? That's enough. That's enough for me because he's a massive price. So I know that he can drive it well and he has of late. I know that he can play this course well, but is Potter, is Potter, not Harry Potter. Oh, is Harry Potter. Is, 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 is Potter, um, he's not playing Quidditch, he's playing golf. He's, <laughs> he's, if his Potter is hot, then Thompson at 140 to 1 is an absolute. And I, I messaged you this last night. I really like this pick and I might. In the, in the doubles or in the singles and whatever. I might play him in some markets, top 20, top 10s. Um, I might play him in some matchup bets. I might play him in some 72 hole bets, three rounds, um, first round bets, maybe even first round leader once I've looked at the weather. I really like him, right? And I think, I think that's it. I think that's enough I to say. I think I've played him this year, haven't I? I, I, I I've oh, did you? What of... course was that, mate? Well, it was in America somewhere. <laughs> No, did you, you play I mean. skins? Come on, it's, uh, yeah, I did. Yeah, I took him. <laughs> I took a few skins off him. Four of them. Oh. Um, anyway, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 oh I have God. actually played him in our in our uh, selections and that during listeners the course. Now, <laughs> I knew it. Oh. <laughs> you knew it. You knew it. It was there. Yeah, but he, he's had some form. He has had some form this year, um, just like all of us. But uh, <laughs> I, I like that play. Oh, 140 dude. to 1 is very yeah. tempting. Uh, very yeah. tempting. Okay, well, you just put me off my lunch. But yeah, Get your it's composure. Um, <laughs> I've got my composure back. Okay, so that rounds up 
the Kazoo Classic and the Wyndham Championship on Bros and Birdies podcast. Uh, have you got anything else to say, Gray? Because we're going to go. I'll move to next week and we'll talk about the tournaments that are on next week. We've got no, the. Okay, well, we've got the Czech Masters in Prague, a lovely city on the European tour. And then we've got the. Is Sabatini oh. playing? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. It's not in Slovakia, mate. It's, it's, um, all right. Okay. Yeah, the Northern Trust in New Jersey. New Jersey. I like That's the Northern the, the Trust first tournament. Of the playoffs. The first of the playoffs, isn't it? Big tournament. A lot of big players out next week. Liberty National Golf Club. Really love it. Uh, prize money pot, $9.5 million. Huge. Huge. But yeah, so that's for next week. Um, join us next week when we'll be having all back at the tournaments from this week. And then we'll look ahead and give you our picks for those tournaments that we we hope you enjoyed the podcast. We hope you enjoyed the song, the take on the jams and going underground. And do you know what? It's been fun to be back. Missed it last week. Really missed it. But hats off to you, Graham. Did a great job. Did a great. All our new listeners, little shout out to a new listener who gave us a bit of a follow um, on the podcast. Nigel Draco up north. Thank you, Nigel. The Frozen Birdies, the golf podcast for another week. We hope you enjoyed last week's winners and let's hope we get some more winners this week. So from me, it's goodbye. And from my brother, it's goodbye too. (laughs) Take care, guys. Bye-bye.